One of the big challenges that comes up for dairy farm owners and managers as they grow and scale is this. Should you invest more heavily in highly skilled good cow people or invest in technology to do the things a good cow person could do? So what if there is a way to streamline your cow flow and workflow that allowed those really good cow people to focus their time and attention only on the cows that really need it? And what if that could cut the number of cows in your hospital pen by 30%? Well, that has been possible for Del Rio Dairy, and you are going to hear more about it today on this episode of the Up Level Dairy Podcast. This is the podcast for dairy farm owners, managers, and advisors who are committed to profitability, sustainability, and excellence. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen, and it's my mission to bring you the conversations that will up-level your skill set and your mindset so you can be a top performer in the dairy business. As Del Rio Dairy has grown from around 3,000 cows to now the upwards of 8,000 and expanded to include three parlors on site, including the most recently built 90-stall rotary, they moved from capturing basic data from milk meters to now a full suite of real-time rumination and activity monitoring from Gia Cow Scout activity monitoring callers. You're going to hear from manager Nathan Maroney on how the data is helping Del Rio save 30% of cows from ending up in the hospital pen, why every prefresh heifer gets a collar in the close-up pen, and the high value of dry period data. How to get employees to buy into new technology is part of this conversation today too. This episode is part of the High Performance Mindset series powered by NEDAP. NEDAP is future-proofing dairy farms by revolutionizing cow-side care through technologies and activity monitoring, cow locating, milk metering, and identification. Listen back to more episodes from this series throughout 2023. And enjoy this conversation with Nathan Moroni from Del Rio Dairy in Freonia, Texas. There's a lot going on at Del Rio Dairy. So we've got a heck of a lot of cows, a whole lot of people. And you've been with the dairy as it has really gone from just getting in its feet under it in Texas to really going through these growth spaces. And so when you look at those spaces of growth, talk about how you could see these opportunities to start bringing technology into that process so that you are able to manage what is now 13,000 head of animals and 70 to 75 people. Technology has been a, a real big part of our ability to, to manage a herd of that size from, from the get-go. We, we've always had, since the time we've been in Texas, we've always had milk meters and we've had some iteration of GIA callers. The original was just strictly identification at, at the stall. So each cow would come in at that point in time. Once she's milking one of the three times per day, we're getting a milk weight from her because we're identifying that cow at the stall and then using that daily milk weight to, to manage through any cows that may or may not have moved off their production. But in that case, we're dealing with pretty much a clinical case. And so a lot of the damage has already been done and it's very difficult to get uh, production back, get them back on track. So a lot of what we're gonna talk about today is gonna be where we're at today. There was a middle step though, in as far as where those callers were at and what we were using. Back in right, right about 13, 14, uh, real close to that time, we brought on a activity call version of the caller as well. So we were getting that identification and activity, and we saw good repro benefits from that result. So we've always had a good success from that technology and utilizing it. In addition to that, we've, we've had sort gates and use those sort gates in addition with the milk weights to kind of manage what cows need to be sorted out. What can we do to sort of 
minimize the labor needs and everything like that to manage a herd of that size. And then if you fast forward to where we're at today, now we're using Gia's cow scout callers. So we're capturing not only that ID, not only the, the activity information, but we're getting rumination and feeding time data. And we, we take that data and my farm managers on a daily basis are coming up with a chore list of what animals are off that production and off that feeding time and rumination. And with the feeding time and rumination, what we find is that the cows that are on that path of a, of a declining rumination or feeding time, we can get a lot of them to turn around before they ever become clinical, before they even lose production. And so that saves us about 30% of those cows from what I've, what I've kind of tracked as from ever having to go to the hospital barn, ever being pulled out of the milking stream, losing production. And, and there's, you know, obviously significant value there. The ability to save a cow from, from previously, like I said, it's easy to find a clinical cow, but you're not going to, you're, you're going to have a lot of struggles trying to turn her back around. But you can turn one around that's just getting started on that downward trend. You can stop that downward trend and fix a third of them. A third. That's a powerful number. But, I mean, the, look at the cost of replacements. Cost of uh, Springer right now is 2100 bucks. Beef prices are, are phenomenal right now, but you're only getting about 75% of that cost. You lose a second lactation, a third lactation, you're missing early days in milk. You're, you've got so much invested at that point. You've got her, you've got her bred in the previous lactation. You did the full dry off. You, you did the full transition. You've done all everything through the fresh bin. And now all of a sudden you've got a cow that's lost your milk production and lost body condition. And even that beef price isn't going to look that good once she's that skinny and, and everything else. So if you don't lose one out of every three of those, Anybody else can punch those numbers. It's it's pretty significant. You come from this business background. You are very adept in looking at efficiencies. You know, just take a moment and speak to technology and how that fits in to your overall business strategy. One thing I can say is when you grow to a certain level and you're just relying on cow guy management, you're either going to be spending a lot of money and labor that you may or may not necessarily need and or get the benefit from, or you're going to have to invest in some technology so that you've got good monitoring of your animals day, to, day in and day out. And I think that, that people really need to take a good hard look at and considering what, what the value is there in terms of your, your herd health overall, because you can spend a lot of money on vet supplies and vet hours and things like that, trying to solve a problem that's running through your herd that you may not run into a, a, a an outbreak type of a situation if you're monitor, you've got monitoring in place that's really detecting a potential outbreak of some sort of a health event. So I, I just think that it's it's definitely worth anybody considering what that does for you and, and what it does for your herd. I mean, all, all the technology that we're using as far as cow side of things, it's just, I think I've mentioned a, a few things. One, it just allows us to really take that, that herd that's the size that it is, 8,000 8, milking cows at a time or you know, plus or minus, plus you're able to isolate who are the individuals in that group that we need to put our focus in today. Huge, huge advantage for us in terms of where we can you know, take our focus for the day. We are able to do this. We're able to minimize those lockups. We're able to minimize those things. So that's certainly a way, a way for us to utilize that technology and, and really focus our days 
on where the information needs to be, where the cow, where the focus needs to be, what cows we need to be looking at, and what cows really not don't need to be bothered. Because there's also a lot of value in not having to just lock up a cow that doesn't need to be locked up, or look at you know look at a cow, whether it be a temperature probe or a different type of exam that that we don't necessarily have to bother. So so knowing that type of information too definitely is technology as far as the cow side of things and, and what we can do. So talk about how this looks from the cow health side and that measurement and what all goes into that. It's been very interesting to like look at what the way these callers have been accepted and the way that's progressed, especially with some of our most seasoned cow people. And mm-hmm. so I, I kind of want to answer your question by describing where, how that has grown and developed. Because when you first get started, you think, okay, this is a cool tool. I got an ability to find a cow that's off feed, off rumination. Otherwise, she doesn't physically look like she's lost any body condition yet. She doesn't appear to be losing any production. So that's where that's where the technology really needed some buy-in from some of those stakeholders. And it's amazed me how there's not one person that's been involved with it that can't buy in. And even the most seasoned of cow guys can say, look, there's, there's something here. We are finding something here with these animals just by monitoring these, these data points. And, and so first you need to find, establish and, and find the buy-in. And I think you'll find that that may be some of the biggest barriers for certain people to enter in because they just think that, well, I'm a good cow guy. I can figure this out. Well, you can be the best cow guy there is, and I've figured that out. You can be the best cow guy there is. I'll be the first to admit I'm not, but I, but I have plenty on my staff that are that are 30, 40 year guys that have been working with cows. And so convincing them, getting their buy-in is where you really have to start. But it's been amazing as it's grown and developed where we found faith and been able to find more more and more value through these callers. And that's just been one of the most amazing things. What did you learn along the way with how to get that buy-in? The buy-in is going to have to happen with with just starting to use use the system. Technology is only as good as the people that are actually using it. Technology is also only good enough if you're maintaining the you know the the pieces, the hardware that needs to work properly in order for you to get the data in return. And so there has to be buy-in, obviously, in terms of the maintenance. There has to be buy-in in terms of who's using it. Whether it be someone that, that looked at a cow and was like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this cow. Why is she on this list? And then all of a sudden, you see that same cow two, three days later, and he's like, wow, she was on the downward trend. I, I missed the boat on that early on. I think that's where people really get convinced. Certainly, we've seen a big evolution in terms of how we're how we've continued to buy in and continued to find value. You're looking at the business side, the operational side, the efficiency side, and as it, you started to incorporate these layers of technology that first started with looking at the activity and then the ability to sort based on that. So start with efficiency. When you looked at where you guys were at and you said, man, if we could only get faster here, here, and here, what did you see for opportunities? I think the best example for me to use here as far as how we use saw room for improvement in terms of efficiency was when we were designing that new parlor and utilizing the sorting area specifically and how I wanted to use it. I really wanted to come up with something that could allow us to use the same or less number of guys as I have over at the parallel 
and do everything and then some as far as the chores for the day-to-day, week-by-week chores that we need to do through those sort gates. So a big part of that was expanding the holding area. We Obviously, there were better offerings as far as what model of sort gates we had. We went from just a simple sort or not don't sort to a three-way potential sorting option. But in addition to that, uh, we added holding capacity and storage for for semen and vaccines and other things, things like that, that we are using in that area. And basically what we were able to do is rather than, I've been in a situation where I have to lock up cows at that parallel barn because I'm limited in terms of the holding space that I've got. So I can do everything at that, that original parallel except for the breeding activity. That has to be done by locking those cows up and sending a van out after the uh, milking uh, routine. And so now we can send the breeders out. They still use the technology. They still have the callers to say which ones do we need to look at. And they use the BovaSync on the phones, which is our software program to complete their chores for what they've got for the day. But but at the, the newer parlor I've got, I'm able to do that activity under the roof of that barn. Those cows, when they exit, they don't have to lock up. There's milk there. There's additional efficiencies there. And we're able to do all those activities with one less person by comparison to our own original barn. And so there's labor savings as well to be realized just by, you know, adding that efficiency factor. For those that are listening, if they were to walk with you on a little tour through your newest building, your newest barn, and that holding pen, and to really just look at what you described, what would they see? You'd see a crew of three guys to four guys, depending on what all we have to get done, just basically busy for the for the amount of time they need to be busy always with something to do something to check but you don't see anybody looking like they're overwhelmed you don't see anybody looking like it's beyond what they can handle you just see a steady a really steady workflow a steady flow for the cows nobody's really forced to feel like they're so far behind they've got to push cows too hard or anything that's beyond what someone can handle it's there's enough resources and tools we have two palpation rails on the first sorting area that allows us for a day like when we're doing vet check and timed AI, we can really handle a, a vet check where we may have to check 40, 50 cows in a pen and get that done while we're also doing some timed AI that may be up to a dozen animals and then just keep everything flowing. We're not having to stop the deck. There's not a backlog of anything as far as moving from one pen to the other. It's, it's It seems very smooth. And if, if the one thing that you the person with me on that tour may not realize is all the chores really being checked off at that moment? Because there is a lot as far as, it's a long list, but it's a long list that's getting accomplished in a very smooth flow. And, and that's really what I think is the most amazing thing about it. A big part of that is also what we've learned along the way, not just, you know, obviously you've got to have the initial buy-in to, to get everybody on board. But once you start to see that everybody's on board, then, then you start to discover where else can you use it. And some of the areas we found that along the way where we can use it, where we saw some weaknesses in our management protocols was, was just buying in even in the dry off process. That was one of the first things we started to really jump in on. And a lot of, a lot of people, when they consider the cost of these tags, they think to themselves, well, I'll just save the money by not putting them on, on the dry cows out there. That's 1,100 tags out there. So that's 1,100 tags that you've got to have extra in addition to your milking cows just to monitor those animals. I, it was a conflict we even had here between myself and others on the dairy of whether that was a cost worth spending. And 
I find 100% of that are the costs worth spending for us because that daily monitoring factor saves on dry cows versus what we were doing before. Before, before we ever had that third expansion, I was the one who was moving those dry cows from the far off dry pen to the close up pen. And so during the week, when I'm moving them, I'd say, okay, that one's lame, that one's sick. We'd pull those ones out. But they're so obvious and so thin at that point that most of them, you're just waiting for them to get through antibiotic withhold and you're getting getting nothing in return as far as the, the residual value. Maybe you get a calf out of the out of the deal and you've got a pretty measly uh, beef cow to boot. So having that daily that daily monitoring now, what we're doing is Every day, we, if the cow pops in a dry, far off dry pen, pops up on a uh, on an alarm list, we're at least going to go get a set of eyes on her. We're going to take a look. If we don't see anything, we may give something as prophylactic as some propylene glycol or a ruminator or a rumen you know pill or something along those lines. We may find that she's having some digestive issues. Maybe she's either plugged up or she's a little loose, and so we're going to intervene there. But what we're doing is we're finding if we're paying attention to it on a daily basis because of those collars that are there, we can we can stop it before it ever becomes a a skinny, bad situation like we had encountered so often in the past. It's, there's nothing worse than you go through the entire lactation, you get this this cow pregnant, she's fine, you've dried her off, she's sitting there, all she, all you got to do is feed her right, and she's gonna have that next calf and get started off to, on the right foot. But if she if she gets sick in that process, she loses body condition. There's value to monitoring through that entire stage of, of her lactation is what just as much as the early stage, in my opinion. There, the transition's going to be better. You can save money on on transitional issues because she's in a better metabolic state. There's so many other ways that you can just justify that cost. There to us, that was a, a very important learning curve along the way. There's one other area, not too different, but where we solved the problem with the tags. And that was where we were encountering a lot of first calf heifer transition issues. Callers didn't fix the entire problem, but one of the issues that we fixed was we decided that, hey, we're not doing, we're not getting the data at the most critical time of this first lactation transition in those first 10 days because we're putting it on at freshening. And it, these callers take 10 days of data buildup in order to establish a standard deviation so that you have the, so that you have the mean and the averages so you know if she's off of the average. Solution there for us was when those first calf heifers go to that close-up heifer pen, that's the point that we put those collars on. And now that we've established that data, for us it's, it's over 20 days of data, then once she transitions, once she has that calf and is in transition, now we're not building data, we have the data already, and that allowed us to really identify who was, who was slipping or who was falling off of, of the means and it's really allowed us to really improve in that transition on every animal now, not just those dry cows I mentioned we put collars on. It's also, we're doing the same thing now with the heifers. So essentially every animal on the farm now, at the moment they go into a close-up heifer pen is getting a collar and they will continue to have that collar until they leave the farm. So we have now have total buy-in. We've even gone so far as to abandon some of the... Uh, day in milk wellness checks that we used to do in the fresh pen. That was just a traditional way of doing things. With day four, day nine in milk, check them out. They, that's a temperature check, a check of manure, and overall body condition, what does she look like, and everything passed, then she passed. But 
We don't even do that anymore. We let the callers drive the buffs. If she if she triggers an alarm, we check her out no matter what day and night it is. And if she's if she never triggers an alarm, she's doing fine. Has no other reason to look at her. She she comes out of the fresh pen, and we're seeing great success with that program as well. It's streamlined our chore list. It's streamlined our checkups. We aren't wasting time checking a bunch of temperature checks that are that are unnecessary at this point. We have the data, we have the information, we can really get in and out of that fresh pen, which allows those cows to bed down and get more comfortable for more, more time in the day. Your team is spending less time handling sick cows, less time handling cows and lockups, et cetera. What are they doing with the time that they now have available? Well, the guys that are checking the fresh cows are usually guys that are also working hospital cows, new cows coming in, things like that. Allows us to really uh, make sure that we're not just rush hustling through on some of these new sick cows that we can enroll them in protocols. It gives us time in the day of all of dealing with some of those down cows in that in that downer pen that you always are wondering, hey, are guys really having finding the time of the day to get them up, get them milk, making an attempt to get them back on their feet? That's been one of the things I think we've had a lot better focus of time of day, no, no excuses of of not being able to focus on some of these special needs. Cows, whether they be a new entry special needs cow or one that's already there and, and one that has been a little easy in the past to, for guys to find an excuse that they can't spend time with those animals. Mm. So really what you've opened up is the opportunity for animals that actually need the more acute level of care to be able to receive it. Correct. Guys are only there for, for so many hours in a day. And if we free up the time, then... The expectation there is, well, let's go put that time somewhere where, with an animal that could could definitely benefit from that little extra time. Back to kind of this bigger picture, Nathan, you come from this business background. You are very adept in looking at efficiencies. So now just take a moment and speak to technology and how that fits in to your overall business strategy. One thing I can say is when you grow to a certain level and you're just relying on cow guy management you're either going to be spending a lot of money and labor that you may or may not necessarily need and or get the benefit from or you're going to have to invest in some technology so that you've got good monitoring of your animals day to day in and day out and i think that that people really need to take a good hard look at and considering what what the value is there in terms of your your herd health overall because you can spend a lot of money on vet supplies and vet hours and things like that, trying to solve a problem that's running through your herd that you may not run into a, a, a an outbreak type of a situation if you're monitor, you've got monitoring in place that's really detecting a potential outbreak of some sort of a health event. So I, I just think that it's it's definitely worth anybody considering what that does for you and what it does for your herd. All the technology that we're using as far as cow side of things, it's just, I think I mentioned a, a few things. One, it just allows us to really take that that herd that's the size that it is, eight eight thousand milking cows at a time, or you know plus or minus. Plus, uh, you're able to isolate who are the individuals in that group that we need to put our focus in today. Huge huge advantage for us in terms of where we can you know take our focus for the day. We are able to do this. We're able to minimize those lockups. We're able to minimize those things. So. That's certainly a way, a way for us to utilize that technology and, and really focus our days 
on where the information needs to be, where the cow, where the focus needs to be, what cows we need to be looking at, and what cows really not don't need to be bothered. Because there's also a lot of value in not having to just lock up a cow that doesn't need to be locked up, or you know, look at a cow, whether it be a temperature probe or a different type of exam that that we don't necessarily have to bother. So knowing that type of information too. Uh, definitely is technology as far as the cow side of things and, and what we can do. For Nathan, having this dashboard of data at the fingertips of his crew at Del Rio Dairy has allowed them to streamline cow flow and workflow. And it's been good for the cows, the people, and the bottom line of the business. Be sure to tune in for our next episode where you are going to learn a little bit more about Nathan and his unlikely entrance into the dairy industry and how he uses his business and finance background to protect the profitability of Del Rio's dairy business. This is the High Performance Mindset Series powered by NEDAP. NEDAP is future-proofing dairy farms by revolutionizing cow-side care through technologies and activity monitoring, cow locating, milk metering, and identification. Listen back to more episodes from this series that drop throughout 2023. And if you liked what you heard today, please take a moment to head back to the show on your listening app and drop a rating or review. And if you want to receive new episodes of the Uplevel Dairy podcast in your inbox, go to upleveldairy.com to join the Uplevel Dairy community. I'm Peggy Coffeen, and thank you for listening to the Uplevel Dairy podcast.